Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Art of Adventure. This is episode 178 with Grant Baldwin. The Art of Adventure is the podcast that helps you travel the world, run your business, and embark on an epic quest. I'm your host, lead explorer and guide, Derek Laudermilk. You can check out the show notes for this episode and other episodes on DerekLaudermilk.com. And before we get started, I want to quickly draw your attention to Adventure Quest, which is coming up in a few weeks, October 13th to 19th. It is a week-long business and adventure retreat I've created. It's happening in Missouri, in the Ozark Mountains. We're going to be caving, climbing, canoeing, camping, and working on our business. There's a couple of spots left, so I'd love for you to check that out at DerekLoudermilk.com slash AdventureQuest. On today's episode, we have Grant Baldwin. He's the creator of the Speaker Lab, and he's a well-known public speaker himself, and he's going to teach us what it takes to be a paid public speaker. So some of the things we will learn are what are two of the key marketing tools in getting started to be paid to speak and what is the conversation with the event organizer look like how do you make them look good and then how do you write a talk that makes the audience the hero of your talk it's not about you it's about the people listening and what is the best way for you to make an impact on them He'll help us figure out what industries are the common ones to hire people to speak and which ones you can target. And we do that by figuring out what motivates you to speak. Why are you trying to be a paid speaker in the first place? So there's a lot of really great stuff, stuff that I'm sure I will be using in the future. So without further ado, here is Grant Baldwin. Welcome back to the Art of Adventure. My guest today is Grant Baldwin. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate you letting me hang out with you, man. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to talk to you. Got a got a great introduction from Laden Yurchek of Travel Wisdom Podcast, and uh, I actually had to listen to your episode on his show beforehand. I, I always, I always love to to listen to some previous interviews so that they can. This can be sort of like the next, the follow up. Uh, so hopefully I'll I'll ask some some good in depth questions about speaking. You are a paid public speaker, mm-hmm. and so so how much how many talks are you giving a year? How long have you been doing this? Yeah, so uh, I started actually about about ten years ago or so. But long story short, kind of a backstory is that uh, I used to be a youth pastor and worked with students in, in that capacity in the church world. I was doing some speaking in in that space, and then after that, then. Um, Actually, in college, I worked for a guy who was a full-time speaker, and so I'd, I'd been kind of around speaking and enjoyed speaking, and was intrigued by the the business side of it. And so, 
uh, after I left the the youth pastor gig I was in, I I started a, basically a business as a speaker. So met a couple guys who were speaking full time and tried to kind of learn from them, see what they knew about the business. And um, it took me took me about a year and a half, two years to go from zero gigs on the calendar to being able to do it full time. And so a lot early on was especially in the education space. So I was doing a lot of speaking with with high schools and colleges and um, parents and teachers, and then started doing more with entrepreneurs and corporations. And so I'd been speaking full time for about uh, for about eight years or so, and got to the point where where I was doing kind of in the upper end of what I wanted to in terms of the number of gigs and of what I felt comfortable charging. So uh, my busiest year, I did about 70 gigs or so. And so at the time, though, I was having a lot of people who were asking about uh, the speaking business and how they could get into it as well. And so I found that some people wanted to be full-time speakers and they wanted to do you know, 50, 60, 70 events a year. And some people were like, you know what, I got, I got a good thing going, but I, I would love to do five or 10. And so we just, we're getting a lot of questions about, about speaking and the business and how, what to speak on and how to find gigs and how much to charge and all of that. And so we started a... Um, an online program, a training program uh, a couple years ago called Booked and Paid to Speak, where we were really just teaching everything we knew about the speaking business and a, kind of in a step-by-step system on how to actually find and book gigs. Uh, and so we started that, and that did well. And so actually as that increased, I was actually decreasing the number of gigs that I personally do. So I still do some speaking, but it's not the the primary bread and butter like it was uh, a couple years ago. So yeah, the bulk of our time now is helping other speakers in their businesses and uh, helping them build processes and systems for finding and booking speaking engagements and, and, uh, yeah, just helping others. It's a lot of fun. Brilliant. And do you consider yourself to be an extrovert? Uh, no, I'm actually, I'm much more of an introvert. In fact, most speakers I know are more introverted. And I think that that's kind of a, a misconception about speaking is in order to be a speaker, to be a good speaker or to be a successful speaker, you have to be like this, you know, raging charismatic extrovert bouncing around the stage or something. And I've just found like, that's just not the case. Like, honestly, like a lot of speakers I know I'm really good friends with, um, like we enjoy being on stage. We enjoy speaking to an audience, but when it's over, we also, prefer to typically like go back to our hotel room or be by yourself or like when we're on an airplane, my headphones are on and I, I typically don't want to, you know, just make small talk with a bunch of people. So, uh, I, yeah, I find that, that, uh, most speakers I know are, are very introverted. Interesting. Interesting. I, whenever I'm at a conference or something, I find that I have to escape from time to time to regroup my energy so I can go yeah. back in front of all those people, um, yeah. the big crowds. I'm, I'm the exact same way. Like I, I enjoy being around people and it's a lot of fun, but at the same time for me, it can be very, very draining. And so there's times where I'll just like, <laughs> I just need to go be by myself. And so some people, they don't like that, you know, extroverts, they love being around large groups of people and that energizes them. Um, and so I enjoy it. I enjoy being around groups of people, but at the same time it, it, it is tiring for me. So yeah, I have, I have zero problem just being by myself for long periods of time and, uh, and, and tend to enjoy that. Yeah. So I, I'd love to use myself as an example um, to sort of talk about speaking. And I'll tell you sort of where where I am. And I I did some improv in college, which is, improv comedy is really, really fun, uh, especially in college. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm comfortable... I'm comfortable on stage. I do some interesting things. I might as well talk about it. So I started speaking at co-working spaces, at networking events. And so far, I've spoken for free. I've given maybe 40 40 or 50 talks. Um, And so I'm like, okay, I'm feeling feeling pretty comfortable with this. The, The feedback is generally good. I definitely think speaking could get better. But my question is, um, how, how can I be monetizing it? Can I get paid to speak or, you know, I know that people can make money on the back end. So yeah, I guess like, what is, what is the next level for, for someone like me? Yeah. So a lot of it depends on, and you kind of touched on it there. A lot of it depends on why you want to be speaking. Like what, what's the win for you? And so I think you're in a spot that most, that a lot of speakers are, especially when they get started is, They've done some speaking. They enjoy it. They've they've been invited to a few things. They've got good feedback. It's fun for them. They want to do more of it. But I've never really stopped to figure out like what why am I doing this and how is this moving the needle and how is this affecting the business in any way? And so if if for you you're like it's just it's just purely fun. I enjoy it. I really like it. That's fine. Like if you then just call it what it is. It you know it's a it's it's a little outlet. It's a it's a hobby. But if you're saying no no this is part of my business and this is going to move the needle in some way, then you, again you got to be really clear on how it's moving the needle and what what is it that you want it to do. So 
there are some speakers who um, they're purely a, a gun for hire, meaning that they go in, they speak, they collect a check, they go home, end of transaction. Other speakers, they want to speak for a variety of other reasons. Maybe they want to speak for uh, building credibility or networking or to uh, just sharing their expertise and knowledge or um, maybe just to travel. You know, that there's a lot of speakers I know who the win for them with speaking is they just want to travel. So they're like, I don't really care if I get paid to speak per se. I'm more interested in as long as they cover my expenses and I'm able just to go to some cool places, like that's a win for me. That's fine. You know, so um, some people want to sell some type of product or service on the back end. Um, and so they do some type of uh, training program or coaching or consulting or something like that. And so speaking is primarily a lead generation. And so in that situation, it's less about how much you're making up front in a check or whether or not you got a check and more uh, about what you can generate in terms of sales or revenue on the back end. So again, all that to say, there's no right or wrong way to, to do it. You just got to figure out what makes the most sense for, for you. Have you done consulting? Have you sold a product on the back end of your speaking? Yeah, I've done a couple different models with it. So largely, like I said, I, largely most of the speaking I've done has been as kind of that first model of just kind of a gun for hire. I would go speak, collect a check, and that's they hired me to speak, and that was basically it. When I was doing a lot of speaking in the education space, uh, I had a, a book for high school and college students. Um, I had a curriculum that goes along with the book. And so uh, we would do some sales related to those products. And so even though I would typically be paid to go speak in those environments, having book sales or some other type of product sales on the back end was just another way to generate some some revenue. So um, that's absolutely a model. There's other um, there's sometimes where I'll go speak and uh, I'll use it as lead generation for like our for our um, our online training program, booked and paid to speak. And so we've done that a lot as well, and just helped had people that have joined some of our programs through that. And so really, again, the what I would be paid in the first event is really not that big of a deal because I know what it's going to lead to. Another reason why maybe it would make sense to speak for free or at a lower rate would be if the people in the audience were also people that were looking for speakers. And so for you, it's more of a, a marketing opportunity to speak, knowing that it, it should lead to other gigs and engagements, uh, depending on how you do. So again, there's, there's just, a, there's a lot of ways to go about it and all of them can work. Uh, I think it's really just comes down to a matter of figuring out what, what makes the most sense for you and, and kind of that, you know, the model that you want to have as a speaker. Cool. What needs to be in place to shift from free speaking to paid speaking? Well, two big marketing tools that I think you really need for any speaker that's really taking it seriously. Um, two marketing tools, and then one thing I'll tell you kind of on, on the backside. One would be uh, just having a website, uh, like a speaking website dedicated to your speaking. So some speakers will, or some some people who are interested in speaking will, you know, they've got a site and they've got a blog and they've got like a paragraph passing reference at the back of some, you know, page that's hidden uh, about their speaking. Like, yeah, yeah, I talk about speaking, but it's just such a secondary priority at best on the site. So if you're going, if you really want to get speaking engagements, make sure your site is communicating that you are a speaker. Here's what you speak, who you speak to, what you speak about. And you're really, really clear on that. The other thing is it's really, especially if you want to get paid, is it's really important to have a demo video. Now, a demo video it sounds intimidating, sounds complicated. It's really not. And so it's really think of it. The best way to think of it is think of it like a movie trailer, right? So a movie trailer is basically you take a, a 90 minute movie, you boil it down to two or three minutes. And within those two or three minutes, you get a good idea of, you know, the quality of the movie, who's in it, the plot, the theme, all of that stuff, just based on that demo video or about based on the movie trailer. And the point of the movie trailer is to make people want to see more. And it's the exact same thing that's true whenever it comes to a demo video. Is Most people, if, if they're looking between you and two or three other speakers, they don't want to see like a full 45 or 60 minute talk. They're like, we got time to watch a couple of minutes on each speaker. And pretty much within those first couple of minutes, we can tell if this is someone that we're interested in or someone that we want to see more of, and they can kind of make a decision from there. And so having that demo video is really, really important, especially if you want to get paid, because one of the things that you have to remember as a speaker is you're not, and this is this is kind of uh, counterintuitive, but you're not just going there to speak to an audience. You're not being hired to come just speak to that specific audience. Part of what you're being hired to do is to not make the event planner look bad. So think about it from their perspective. If an event planner has a hires a speaker and that speaker shows up and they do a great job, the event planner is the hero, right? 
But yep. think about it. The opposite happens. If the the speaker shows up and the speaker sucks, it makes the event planner look bad. It looks bad with the client. It looks bad with the audience. The event planner didn't do their job. So part of what you want to do is make the event planner look good. And so if that's the case, then if they're going to stick their neck on the line to hire you, then you want to make sure that you give them something to look at to decide whether or not they should hire you. If you're just telling the event planner, no, 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 just trust me, I'm a good speaker. Like that's mo that's something that most event planners aren't willing to put their neck on the line for, right? So you want to make sure you've got something that they can look at. Like another way to think of this is, let's say you're getting ready to hire a graphic designer, okay? And the graphic designer was like, just trust me. You, you just have to trust me. I'm really, really, I, I don't have any samples to show you. I don't have any portfolio that you can look at. No examples at all. Just trust me. I'm good. Like <laughs> that's a huge, huge risk that you're taking. If you're like, I, I, I mean, maybe it is good. It's just not what I'm looking for. So you want to make sure that you have that demo video in place for potential event planners to look at. So those two things on the front end, I think are really important. Again, having the, the, the website and having the demo video. The thing I mentioned about having on the back end is I think it's really important to have good systems in place for working with clients. So part of part of what you're you're being hired to do is not only speak, it's not only to make the event planner look good and not to embarrass them, but you're also there to make the event planner's life easy. Meaning that you got to think about from an event planner standpoint, they have if they're putting on an event, they have hundreds if not thousands of little details that they are working on for an event. There's just so many little moving pieces. So although the speaker is an important part of it or speakers is an important part, it is it is one piece of a lot of moving pieces that they are trying to they're trying to juggle and deal with. So the more that you can make their life simpler and easier and and be easier to work with, the be, the more likely they will be to want to work with you again, to refer you to others and recommend you. And so having good systems in place that whenever you get booked, what do you send the client? What, how do you follow up with them? How do you, what, are your, what are your systems and processes at the event itself, after the event, and following up with them? Again, the whole goal being that you make their life as easy as possible for that event. So if you do those things on the front end in terms of the, the website and the demo video, and then you take care of just making the life of the event planner easy on the back end, you can definitely start to get booked and get paid. What are some examples of making their life easier? Yeah. So a big thing is just communicating, 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 over communicating. So little things like, like one thing I always do is whenever I land, and this sounds simple, but whenever I land, uh, I, I travel somewhere and I land, I will always text them that I, I landed and that I'm there because they don't know that like, did he make it? Did he not? Is everything okay? They don't have any, they just hope that I'm going to show up at the designated time and place that I'm supposed to be there. So communicating in those little ways, whenever um, I'm communicating to them that, or whenever they're communicating to me that, you know, the, the session starts at this time and there's a sound check at this time and we're doing a walkthrough at this time, like being there on time, like just doing what you said you're going to do. If, if you, um, if you're if you're getting ready to go speak and they said, hey, we know that you were supposed to speak for 45 minutes, but the session's running long. We need you to cut it to 30 minutes. Be like, cool, that's not a problem. And make the adjustments. Don't be like, no, 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 I'm the speaker. I'm really important. I'm a big deal. Everybody's here to see me, which is not true. Uh, and they and I, so I want to speak for as long as I want to. Like, don't do that. Like, again, be there to serve the client and be there to make the client's life easier. So be flexible. Communicate if you need anything or what you're doing or where you're at or what uh, always asking like what they need from you be asking them how other things that you can do to make the win the success or make the event a success make it a win like one question we always ask our, our clients before we even get to the event like weeks in advance we ask them if we knock it out of the park for you what would that look like because winning is going to look different for some clients versus others. Some may say, you know what, we're less concerned about the talk. We just want you to really interact with our with the audience members, you know, before and after the session. Okay, great. I, I want to know that because that's their expectation. And so I want to not only know that, I want to not only ask about that, but I want to deliver on that as well. So just I think it's it's not necessarily what you do this one thing and it makes all the difference. I think it's a, a culmination of several different little things that you do that makes the life makes the makes the job easier for the client and again makes that makes you the kind of speaker that they want to book and work with again in the future. Yeah. Is it easy for you at this point to cut a talk from 45 minutes to 30 on the fly 
like at the last minute? Yeah, I mean, at this point it is, but I think that's something that it's important for speakers to be aware of going into it, you know? And I think it's important for, for, I think the more you, the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll feel with it to know, you know, which, which, what material works better with which audiences or like I can generally, most speakers would say that speakers that, that do this professionally and do a lot that you can tell within the first, you know, minute or so how the rest of the talk is going to go. So that first minute, how they're reacting to certain things, the, the vibe of the room. And you know, like, okay, if they didn't react to that or if they didn't laugh at that joke, they're definitely not going to laugh at that joke. I'm telling 30 minutes from now or they did like this. So I need to make sure that that part later, you know, here's a couple things I can add in. So, excuse me, you, you definitely, I think you want to be aware of that. And again, I don't think that's something that you necessarily, you know, learn overnight. It's, I think it's definitely a skill that takes time, but you, you again, your, your job as the speaker is you're there to serve the client. And so if at the last minute they say, we need you to, you know, to cut, um, a few minutes of your talk, um, that's fine. Now you're typically going to be aware of it. I mean, if you're watching the clock and you're going, you know, I was, I was supposed to be on stage 30 minutes ago and I'm looking at the event program and they're still way behind schedule. Like you probably recognize and be communicating to the client. Like, Hey, just a heads up. I know you guys are running a little bit behind. Do you still want me to go the full 45 minutes or 60 minutes? Or do you want me to start, do you want me to cut a few things so we can help get the schedule back on track? Like just be aware of that stuff. Like I think that that's, that's important for a, a speaker to do as well. So again, the overall thing you're trying to do is make sure that you are, are there to serve and support the client. And you mentioned some people, some organizers want you to be interacting a lot before and after. Uh, are you are you sort of milling around a conference floor room? How do you approach that? Yeah, I I mean, personally, every every speaker is different. Um, usually, like before a session, I may walk through the audience and just kind of shaking hands. Hey, where are you? Where are you from? And what do you do? Why are you here? And um, you know, depending on the context of the event, so I'm just kind of making small talk because part of what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get the audience on my side before I even speak. Like all I'm doing is just being nice and being you know friendly and talking with people. And if I do that, you know, if there's an audience of uh, let's say 100 people and I go around and I shake the hands of, of 10 or 15 of them and just make small talk for 30 or 45 seconds each, um, you know, then hopefully whenever I get on stage, they're more likely to pay attention and to be a little bit more engaged before I've even said anything. Do they just know like, hey, I met this guy earlier. He seemed nice and he he, he took an interest in me and what I do. And, you know, and they, they're just a little bit more engaged from the beginning. So usually that's kind of what the front end looks like. Because the reality is, like when you're, if you go around and you shake hands or you're talking with people, even if you're the speaker, like nobody knows who you are. Like I have had numerous times where, especially early on when I'd be speaking at like a high school and I'd show up and I, and before I would speak, students would be like, and students like have zero filter at all. So they'll just tell you what's on their mind. So they're going, you know, are you a parent? Are you a substitute teacher? Are you like, what are you doing here? Who are you? You know? And so that before you speak, that's the way the most of the audience is, is like, I have no idea who you are or why you're here. And I don't, I don't necessarily care. Uh, but after you speak, <laughs> then at least people have like some type of rapport with you. They have some type of connection with you. So you're going to have, it's a lot more likely that people are going to, Hey, I, you know, I'd love to talk with you about this or, Hey, can I ask you this question? Or, Hey, can I tell you this story? Or, or, Hey, can I get your two cents on this? And so after the event is definitely where it's a lot easier or after your talk is a lot easier for you to begin to make, uh, connections with, uh, with audience members. Excellent. Um, I had another question about the, the demo video. How many different talks can or should you include into that demo video? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's really, there's no, uh, and in fact, let me, let me, I'll answer that and then I'll take a step back to and give you some more context on the demo video. So I don't know that there's a right or wrong number to have, and there's pros and cons both ways. Um, and I've seen speakers do it both ways. So I've seen some speakers that will have um, multiple clips all from the exact same talk. And they, you know, again, it's 45 minutes worth of footage that they boil down to two or three of the best minutes. And that's totally fine. You can do that all from one talk. And I've, I've done that. I've also had, um, demo video footage that's me in multiple talks, um, which is cool because it shows like, oh, he's he's done this more than once. And so that, you know, that it's good to show that too. So my current demo video, I think it rotates between two footage from two different uh, talks. Uh, one of the previous ones I had was all in the same place. So Again, there, there's no right or wrong way to do it, and, and I don't I don't know that I've got even a, a great recommended way because I think either of them can can totally work. So if you're going, you know what, I've got footage from multiple places and it's high quality footage, great. Then use use both of them if you want. Or if you're like, I just have footage from one place and that's the one I want to use, cool. One thing that to keep in mind whenever it comes to your demo video 
is you want to use footage that attracts the kind of audience that you want to be speaking to. Okay. So I'll give you an example. When I was doing a lot of speaking to, uh, high school students, and then I was starting to speak to more like, uh, entrepreneurs and corporations, my demo video footage for speaking to high school students wouldn't really translate or work as well for a demo video for a corporate audience. So what I ended up having to do was to create a new separate demo video for that audience, for this new audience. So if you're saying, you know, I've, I've done a lot of speaking and I have a lot of footage and it's all on the same topic. Great. But if you're saying I've done a lot of speaking on a whole bunch of different topics, but this is what I really want to be speaking on and who I want to be speaking to long term, then use, and you got footage on that, use that. So it really depends on kind of what you have. Now, the question often comes to is that this kind of like chicken egg scenario where what happens if I don't have any footage and I need a demo video? Cause it's kind of, I don't have any footage but I need footage in order to have a demo video and I need yeah. a demo video in order to get gigs. Uh, but in order to get footage, I got to get a gig. So like, what, how do I get that? So there's a couple options I would recommend. Okay. One would be that you find a local event that you could speak at for free. So this could be some type of local conference, local event, just some, like the, the event itself is, it doesn't have to be a perfect fit at all. The goal is that you're just trying to get footage. So my first demo video was mostly footage of me speaking at a local church youth group. It was a friend of mine who was the youth pastor there and I was uh, good friends with him and, and I said, dude, I just, I just need some footage here. So I spoke to uh, like a small group of about 30 or 40 people for 30 minutes or something and set up a little handy cam on the, on a tripod on the side of the room. Um, and that's what I had in the beginning, right? It wasn't perfect, but it worked. And so, uh, so working like doing some of a local event for free is one option. Another option and this isn't preferred, but I've seen some people do this and it can absolutely work, is that you speak to an empty room. Now, you're not trying to mislead or, or lie about anything. And, and I would only recommend this if you've actually done some speaking. And, and I'll give you a, kind of an analogy here. It's not like you've never spoke before. You've spoke, and but you just don't have the footage. And so you're trying to just recreate use speaking to get footage. And so if you're going to do this, make sure you do this in the type of setting where someone would actually hire you to speak, meaning nobody's hiring you to speak in your kitchen or your living room or anything like that. So, so make sure you go to like a theater, an auditorium, a ballroom, a conference room, you know, a conference hall, conference center, something like that, where someone would actually hire you to speak. And, and in that, in those situations, you know, you may just give, start the camera rolling and speak for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, do some of your best material. And again, you're just trying to get it down to just a couple of minutes. And that's really what you need for that demo video. So another option is you can kind of combine the two and you could host your own event. And so that may be you speaking, but it's a room of, you know, 10 or 15 friends and family. And you're, you're saying, Hey, I'll, I'll feed everybody some pizza if you'll come out and just have a couple of warm bodies in the room just because it's awkward to talk to myself in an empty room. Um, and if you guys can give me some feedback on my talk, you know, something like you could do something like that. So the, another thing I would say is with your demo video and your website is try to work with what you've got and improve as you go. Work with what you've got and improve as you go. I think sometimes we look at other, you may look at other demo videos or other websites and think, oh, those are so great. Mine will never look that good. Uh, they, well, listen, like version 1.0 is not going to look as good as someone who's been doing it for years and years. So we're on, let's say for me, I've got probably seven or eight different iterations of demo videos at this point. We're on our fourth or fifth iteration of a website. And so when we got started, my footage was like, again, mostly me speaking in a, a, a dark room to with some handy cam footage on the side of the room. And it wasn't perfect, but, it, you know, it worked. And so now we have a really high quality demo video. Uh, but that's not what I had in the beginning. So in the with all of it, when it comes to the demo video and your website, again, just make sure you work with what you've got and improve as you go. Good. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, I probably I probably have at this point enough self self tripod footage to make a demo video. So yeah, I better, better get on that. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, if someone's listening, they're like, Hey, listen, I still don't have a demo of it, but I'm super intrigued. Um, do I have to hire a, a film crew or do I have to do anything like that? You, you don't at all. Like I said, I borrowed a camera from a friend and this was like a decade ago, you know? So in fact, we, we did a podcast episode on this. I don't remember the episode number, but, um, just look up like, um, the speaker lab iPhone video and, um, you'll, you'll find the episode, but basically a, a buddy of mine who is a videographer said, you know what, you could actually, for a demo video, you could really shoot the whole thing on your iPhone. And he walks through exactly how to do that. Cause the, the, the technology is just super great 
these days that, that you could do, yeah. you could use, I mean, you could use your iPhone and still record like a really high quality. So there's no need to, you know, hire some expensive crew, especially when you're getting started, like don't do that. Um, and the other thing I would say too, is as you do more events, some events will actually shoot the, the, your session for you. And they're just doing it for internal purposes that they're going to, you know, they're going to sell it or they're going to do something with it later, but you can always ask them, um, as something you want, you would want to ask up front is if you can get a, a copy of the footage that you can use for your own stuff. And so that way they're, you know, they've already hired a film crew to come in and shoot it and they're just giving you a copy of the footage. So that's a, another way that you can get footage early on. Perfect. I, I know you say, uh, don't speak about everything. So how do you decide what to be speaking about? I'm, I'm imagining that it's okay. Here are the people that I want to be speaking to. So I need to talk that speaks to them, but what if they have a, an audience with, you know, they want to learn a lot of things. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple different elements of this. So first of all, you're exactly right that most speakers make the mistake of, uh, I just, I just enjoy speaking. I've done some speaking before. I got, I got good feedback. I want to do more of it. So who do I want to speak to? I'll speak to anybody. What do I talk about? Whatever you want me to talk about. Like that doesn't work in the same way that that doesn't work as a speaker. It doesn't work. You know, um, if you want to start a new podcast or if you want to write a book or if you want to have a blog, what's your podcast about? Oh, it's about everything. Well, who's it for? It's for anybody. Well, then it's really about nothing for nobody, right? So, so don't don't make that mistake. Be really, really clear on this is what I speak about, and this is who I speak to. Now, what those should look like, uh, it really depend it depends on you because everybody's different. But I'll give you a couple thoughts. So, there's seven uh, common industries that hire speakers. Seven common industries that hire speakers. Uh, you have corporations, associations, um, nonprofits, faith-based and churches, government and military. Uh, colleges and universities, and then education or K through 12. So those are the most seven common industries that hire speakers. What you want to do is you want to pick one of them. Don't try to appeal to everybody. Don't try to appeal to, to a ton of them, but pick one of them. So so make sure that you 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 pick one of them. Then on the other side, then you can look at what is it that speakers in that industry for that specific market are being hired to talk about? What are the things that I'm passionate about. But again, you don't want to say, what do you want me to speak about? You want to be really, really specific about it and clear about it. So you should ideally have something in mind that you are interested in speaking about. And then what you can kind of do is you can kind of cross and do the homework to figure out just because I'm passionate about this subject or topic doesn't necessarily mean that that organizations or groups or whoever the industry is, is actually hiring speakers to talk about that. Okay. I'll give you an example. So uh, there was someone who joined one of our training programs and said, hey, I'm, I'm really passionate about talking about weight loss. This guy had lost a lot of weight, and so this was something like health and weight loss was something that was really important to him. Uh, and, he, and he said, is this something that, that organizations and groups hire speakers for? Yeah, absolutely. They hire to talk about health and weight loss. And he said, well, I want to talk to churches about that. And I said, well, most churches aren't going to hire that. And he says, well, is, but it's important to them. I said, yes, it is important to them. And most you know, pastors would say that they want their congregations to be healthy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's a topic that they hire speakers to talk about. So you have to find that mix between here's what I want to talk about and here's what I'm passionate about and here's who I want to talk to. But on the other side of it is what is it that, that in the industry they're actually hiring speakers to talk about? And so you have to find where those worlds combine. The other thing I would say is in terms of what it is that you want to talk about, it's really important to make sure that you're talking about something that solves a problem for the audience. You have to make sure that you solve a problem for the audience. The mistake a lot of speakers make is they say something like, I have a cool story or here's the obstacle I overcame or, you know, uh, I had some crazy life situation happen to me. And so people said that I need to talk about it like the audience. OK, I, I don't mean this to be mean or condescending. The audience does not care about you. They are thinking through what's in it for me. If your talk is amazing and it's just about how great you are, that does nothing for me. But if, you're, if I'm learning from you how 
I can, you know, how I can make changes in my life or how I can improve this thing in my life or my business. And it's a talk that appeals to me and helps me change something. Well, then it's the type of talk that's worth listening to. So you want to make sure uh, that the, the audience is the hero. The audience is the hero, not the speaker. The speaker is there to serve the audience. So again, you have to be clear about who you speak to, what you speak about, and again, what the problem is that you can solve for that audience. I love that. Yeah, that's um, I am probably guilty of that myself because probably someone said to me that, oh, you have an interesting story. So then I guess my question is, uh, if you do have an interesting story, like let's take me for example again. Uh, I do a lot of travel. I do a lot of adventure sports. I've done some pretty wild things. You know, for example, right now I'm on day seven of not eating, it's day seven of a fast. And, and so there's lots of things I could talk about and experiences uh, how do you incorporate those while still making the audience a hero? So again, it always has to come back to what what's in it for the audience. Like how do they you telling them that you've gone seven days fasting, like that, that just makes them hungry, right? So what is something that you're learning from it? How can they incorporate it into their life or your travel or your adventures or some of the different things that you've been able to do? If you just show it's, it's like like going to a family member's house and they're just showing you like slides of Here's my slideshow of all the cool places I've been, you know, of um, check this or the person that just um, posts pictures on Instagram of check out how cool my life is and how much your life sucks. Like if that's the tone, like and, and I'm not suggesting that that's what you're doing in any way. But like if that's the tone, like people just are, are turned off by that. So, again, looking at it from the perspective of the audience of what's in it for 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 them. So if you were in the audience and you were listening to an interesting, engaging speaker uh, talking about their travels or their adventures or something that they've overcome, what makes it a win for you? What makes it inspiring for you? What makes it the type of thing that you want to listen to? And I think even beyond that, what is it that, that, that makes it the type of thing that you want to take action on? And this is something that's really important um, for an audience or for a speaker to think through, is that an audience is always asking themselves two questions. Two questions. So what? And now what? So what? And now what? So what? Meaning, so what? What? Why? That's great that you've been fasting for seven days. How does that apply to me? Why does that make any difference to me? So, so what? The other question is now what? What am I supposed to do as a result of this? And so, if it's just kind of a feel-good pep talk, okay, that's great. But what did? What do you want the audience to do as a result of that? So, always be thinking through as a speaker. So what? And now what? How do you make the audience the hero? And what's the action that you want them to take as a result? Perfect. Okay, you have a demo video. You got your website, you've got your systems and processes in place, um, you've got some experience, you feel like you're, you've got a good talk, and you want to start, you pick a, you, you've picked, okay, um, I'm going to pick corporations, businesses, then who do you, who do you call? How do you actually get hired to, to be a speaker? Okay, yeah, so let's, let's play this out a little bit more. So let's say that you wanted to speak to um, corporations. Okay, do you have an idea of what you'd want to speak to corporations about? Let's say creativity. Okay, creativity. So what you want to start with then is corporations is really, really broad and it's really, really vague, right? So what we'd want to try to do is we'd want to start, we'd want to try to narrow that down a little bit more. So, um, okay, just uh, are we talking about like, are we talking about Derek or a hypothetical person? Uh, if we're going to talk about me, let's let's talk about speaking about adventure. Um, then okay, so, yeah. spe so speaking about adventure and speaking to who about that? Uh to, I know we're putting you on the spot. You're, yeah, you're, you're the yeah. guinea pig. I don't know companies that are cool. <laughs> uh, that's that's a good question. So this is okay. So, no, so this is okay. So this is a good this is a good example of this is where a lot of speakers are at. Like, I just have done some cool stuff, and I want to talk about my adventure. And uh, I really, you know, I'm I'm fine to talk with really anybody that would want to listen to it, right? So we we don't really take the time to really sit down and think through like. What is it that I want to talk about and who is it that I want to hire me? Like any type of businesses, again, makes it makes it like I'm I'm you know, I'll, I'll speak to anybody about anything. I just I just want to speak. Right. So, again, the more clear and more specific you can be, the better. OK, so I'll give an example. Um, there was a, a, a guy that, that, uh, I just started working with in one of our programs and he comes from the restaurant industry and had done, uh, like had been kind of a, a consultant and manager in the restaurant space. And so it's a world that he knew. And so he said, I, I don't really, I don't really want to speak to restaurants, but 
it's a world that I know and it's a world that I've been a part of. And so um, I will I'll just start there. And so he started by focusing on speaking at restaurant uh, associations and restaurant groups. And he was basically talking about the customer experience for restaurants. Now, he had the uh, something, a topic like customer experience um, could apply to way more than just restaurants. I mean, he could hypothetically speak to anybody, uh, any type of business about uh, how to provide a better customer experience. But whenever he focuses it down and he says, no, no, uh, right now I'm just focused on speaking to restaurants and restaurant associations and restaurant groups and restaurant conferences and, and uh, conventions about customer experience, it's so much easier for him to be positioned as the expert and as the go-to person. And so again, this is where most speakers have a difficult time and have a difficult time getting traction because they just, they don't, they don't take the time to really think this through. They just, I, you know, I like speaking and so I just want to speak or I like doing a podcast. So I'm just going to start a podcast and kind of figure it out. Uh, and so what happens is so many gigs that you, my guess would be this, most of the gigs that you've got, Derek has been because someone saw you somewhere or you're doing a favor for a friend or, you know, you've attended the conference a time or two. And so they ask you to come speak. And it's all these just kind of like random circumstance things that it's just it's great when you get them, but it's hard to build your business on. And so when you're more specific and you're clear on this is who I speak to, this is what I speak about. Well, then you can become more proactive instead of reactive. You can be more proactive in identifying and finding potential events. Okay, so let me give an example. So let's take this restaurant uh, example. And once yeah. the guy is really clear on, I, I want to speak to other restaurant groups about um, the customer experience. Well, now he can start to, this, one of the simplest things to do is you can even just start with Google and start to look up, you know, restaurant conferences, restaurant events, restaurant associations, restaurant training groups, you know, anything like that, just to figure out where is it that people already gather around this subject or topic. And at that point, then you can begin to reach out to them and begin to start conversations of, you know, you are a, uh, let's say that in this case of this guy, he is a speaker who speaks to restaurant groups about customer experience, right? And customer service. And, uh, there's a restaurant association that holds their, you know, their, their annual state conference for restaurant employees and restaurant owners. I don't know. I'm just making this up. Yeah. Um, do you think that this restaurant speaker would be a good fit for them? Of course. So you're you're providing a solution to a problem that they already have. But this is, again, where the more specific you can be, the better. Even though he could speak about a variety of different topics and he could speak to a variety of different audiences, when he says, no, no, I'm really focused, at least right now, is I'm focused on speaking um, – in the restaurant space, and I'm focused on speaking about customer experience, then it's so much simpler to find those and get traction. And eventually he can kind of expand from that. So now he talks to other types of audiences and groups, but he started by just focusing on restaurants. So the more specific you can be early on, the easier it'll be to, to start to get traction. Brilliant. Okay. That's, that's really helpful. Let's see. Do, do you think trying to get a TED X or TED Talk, uh, I guess it'd mostly be TEDx Talk. Is that an important credibility builder? I don't think so. I think um, I personally, I've never done a, a TEDx Talk or a TED Talk. So I think there is kind of, again, that misconception of if you, you know, if you get a TED Talk all of a sudden or a TEDx Talk, it's all of a sudden going to open the floodgates of speaking opportunities. And it's just, it's just, it's just not, you know, for like 99% of people. Now, are there speakers who they do a great TED Talk and it just, it goes viral and it catches wind and, and it leads to great opportunities? Sure. Absolutely. Is that the case for most people? No, not at all. Like, I mean, if you go to like the, the TEDx archives, I mean, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of TEDx videos and the high majority of them, most people have never heard of and will never watch, but there's a few that really stick out and rise to the top. So, uh, are your, uh, does it, is it a good marketing strategy to, I'm going to do a TEDx talk and just hope that I hit the lottery and that the right people are going to see it and that it's going to take off. And then I'm going to like, that's going to blow up my speaking career. I, <laughs> I wouldn't play that lottery of like, that's the game of that. Like, that's what I'm banking all my hopes on to build a speaking business. Like that doesn't seem like that you're putting all your eggs in, in a basket that uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know that would, would give you much return. So is doing a TEDx, TEDx talk, um, beneficial? Sure. Absolutely. But is it going to be the thing that like all of a sudden springs open the gates for, for, uh, getting speaking gigs? No, I, I definitely don't think so. Okay. Can, uh, an assistant do the, 
finding of gigs for you or i mean maybe even an agent but if someone's using a virtual assistant can they like find and book the gigs for you uh, they can do parts of it. Okay. So I think uh, they can do some of the finding part that you talked about. So they can, one of the things that they could do is they could build a simple database of here's, you know, here's 50 potential gigs that I found. But one of the things I think is I think it's really important that the, especially early on that you as the speaker do some of the outreach because nobody can, can sell you better than you. You know your talk better, you know your material better, you know the content better, you know the topic better, you know that better than anybody else. And so the other thing too is this, it's really important to remember that speaking is a relationship business. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. Remember something we, we touched on earlier is that part of what you're trying to do as a speaker is not only show up and give a great presentation, but you want to make sure that you are easy to work with. And so... If, uh, if the potential client or the event planner has zero interaction with you, they may still book you, but, but they're going to, if they're going to be hiring you, they're typically going to want to interact with you. Now, sometimes we think, well, you know, well, what about these big wig speakers, uh, you know, who are 20, 30, $40,000 speakers, those celebrity speakers. Okay. Well, that's not you. All right. So most of us, we're going to be in the, the, you know, thousand, couple thousand dollar range, uh, especially early on in our speaking career. And so again, if you're going to be trying to book potential gigs, I recommend that you, uh, as the speaker would do most of the, uh, most of the, the calling or the follow-up or kind of the outreach there. So someone can help you with the, with the basically creating that database and finding potential gigs. But once it comes to like actually booking it, following up on it and selling up for it, um, I think that's where the speaker can really excel. Now afterwards, like what I've always done is I've got a, a gal on my team who really helps me uh, walk through some of this process. Once the event is booked, then I turn it back over to her and she takes care of all the details. So remember we talked about earlier, all the different things you can do to make the life simpler for the client. Those are all things that she yeah. does. So in terms of booking, um, like actually getting a contract signed, of booking travel, of getting the deposit, of all the details, logistics, answering all of their questions, she takes care of all of that. And I'm not involved in that. So I'm involved in basically upfront getting the gig booked. But then after that, I turn it over to her. She takes care of all the details and the moving pieces. And then it's my job to show up and speak. So you can absolutely involve some of those, uh, like a VA and some of those other pieces. But um, I think especially on the sales standpoint, I think it's very, very important for a speaker to be involved. Okay, good. And you mentioned uh, a thousand or a couple thousand. Is that a good price to jump from free to paid? Um, so there's a lot of variables and factors that go into it. And so one of the, um, one of the factors would be, um, like the, the industry that you're speaking to, you can charge more in some industries versus others. You can charge more speaking to corporations versus nonprofits. You can charge more speaking to, um, colleges versus high schools. So there's that factor. Um, your experience level is a big factor depending on, you know, you're just typically, if you're brand new, you're not going to be able to charge as much as someone who's been doing this for you know several years and they're just a much better speaker. So that's a factor. Um, so in fact, one of the things that we put together, if people are interested, um, we put together a free tool, a free calculator, basically. And so if you're looking at speaking at a specific event, you could literally just answer, I think, seven or eight questions, just like multiple choice questions, yes, no questions. And it'll spit out a number and tell you what you should charge to speak at that event. So if people want to check that out, uh, it's over at myspeakerfee.com, myspeakerfee.com. So uh, I definitely encourage people to, to check that out. Yeah, that's, that's, really, that's really helpful. I just got a couple more questions. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about humor and uh you know i i know that stand-ups practice their jokes they test their material out a lot how do you test and use humor in your talks yeah that's a great question so um one thing is that humor is really really effective and humor can be really really powerful for a speaker but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a comedian so if you're naturally very funny you you like to use humor you like to use jokes and you're just that kind of person then by all means like use that in your material but if you're someone that's more you know, academic and you're, you know, you're, you don't use humor a ton in life, then it's going to come across very, very forced and faked if you try to do it on stage. Now, that being said is you don't have to use humor constantly. You can just use a few little one liners here or there. The other thing too, is people worry like what, you know, I don't feel like I'm very funny or I worry if I'm funny enough or if this is going to be funny or if it's going to be cheesy. 
One thing that, like a simple thing that people can do is if you use slides, uh, one thing you can do is you can use pictures and or videos to be humorous for you. So you don't even have to say anything, like just showing a, maybe telling a story and then showing a funny picture. You know, and there's, I mean, especially in this day and age, you've got, you know, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and people are posting, you know, just funny memes or, or funny um, animated, uh, is it GIFs or GIFs, whatever it is. Uh, so there's plenty of humor online that maybe like, again, you don't even say anything. You're just showing a picture or a video and that is, that piece is the humor. So you could do, you could do something like that. But again, you don't feel the need to be a comedian if you're not a comedian. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, I think you're probably reassuring lots of people in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of different ways. This is, this has been really, you really helpful. I have one final question for you. Yeah. You have the magic ability to, to give the world a gift. What, what do you wish for the world to have? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would say confidence and a belief that they can do something. So I think oftentimes, oftentimes people don't take action because we're, we don't believe that we can actually do it. And if we don't think we're going to actually do it, or we don't think we're going to be successful at it, we don't even try. And so I think what I was trying to think through was, you know, the ability to take action, but I don't think people will take action unless they believe they can be successful at it. So yeah, I would say something along the lines of, of confidence or just believing in your, in yourself and that you can, you know, you can, you can do it and you can make it happen. Excellent. Yeah. I love that. That's uh confidence comes from a lot of ways and uh, often comes from adventure. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Cool. Very cool. Grant, I uh, really appreciate you coming on this show uh, real quick, I want to acknowledge you for, well, first answering, answering all my questions, but helping so many people live, live their dream of becoming a speaker and getting better at, at the, at speaking and being businessmen. And, uh, I think you're really helping a lot of people. So thanks for doing the work you do. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. Yeah. What's the best place for people to find you online? Yeah, well, uh, I'll give you two places. So one, if, if people want to dig into more of what we've been talking about in terms of, of building that system on how to find and book speaking engagements, then uh, we have a free training online people can check out over at freespeakerworkshop.com, freespeakerworkshop.com. Um, and if people want to listen to, we, we've got a, a podcast with uh, and, and various blog posts and, and just training and teaching um, about speaking, people can go to thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. The podcast is the, the same name, The Speaker Lab. Brilliant. Uh, again, really, really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for your time. Cool. Thanks, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was a great interview with Grant Baldwin. Hopefully that gives you some ideas for how you can move into getting paid to speak. And if you are getting paid to speak already, hopefully it gives you a little bit of extra ammunition so you can raise your rates and find better places to speak. And if you think that you want to include speaking as part of your business or as part of your brand, that's something I'm really interested in. I think, I think speaking is a really great arm. It's one of the marketing pillars that I use with, along with, uh, for example, this podcast and Instagram and the writing that I do to help build a multi-pillared brand strategy. So if you're interested in creating a business where, where you are the brand, you're, you're like the celebrity centerpiece, but you're working on different projects. So you maybe have broad interests in a lot of different things and you want to tie all that together with the, with the brand and, and speaking and, and all different components. You want to be part of that and you want to take it location independent then we should probably talk. That is something that I'm really passionate about helping people. And as listeners of this show, you are entitled. You're entitled? I don't know if that's, if that's such a thing. Uh, I'm offering you a free business strategy session, a half an hour call with me, where we figure out what your business goals are and how we can take a step towards them. So to sign up for one of those, go to the coaching page on DerekLoudermilk.com or send me an email, Derek at DerekLoudermilk.com and we will get you set up. Thanks so much for listening. It's adventure time. <laughs>